morning, good afternoon, good... I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start. Off to a good start. Are we rolling with this, or are we going to re-record? Should I hit him with a bonjour? What's going on here, buddy? You're a mess. You're a mess already. Uh, well, allow me to just say bonjour. How's it... Gonna stick with this one, man. Uh, so we're off to a great start here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can't be worse than last night's NXT show, that's for sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it can, it can, it's not yet, but it could be anyway. Man, how are you doing? How are you hanging in there? <laughs> <laughs> How am I doing? Isn't that like the million dollar question right now? I don't even I don't even know. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Apparently I'm wearing a child's mask. Apparently I don't even know anymore what's what's going on. I'm fine. I'm I'm alive. How are you? I'm well, man. Yeah, I'm uh, still very busy with work and operation sports things and now last patron standing. Gotten some good interest for that already. You have to be a patron to play. But uh, definitely check that out. I'm going to post an official thing with, like, you know, the rules. I'm going to send that out to the contestants. And I'm also going to, you know, show the spreadsheet starting to take hold. Uh, the first dozen people entered. And uh, that, you know, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with it. It's going to be a good time. But, yeah, man, very, very busy slugging away. How, uh, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I, you know, if, if, if you are a patron, which you obviously are if you're listening to this show this week, Go and sign up. It'll be fun. It's easy. You just pick people. And I'm going to, dude, I'm going to flat out say it. Pick Monsoor for Elimination Chamber. <laughs> I don't care what you do after. But Elimination yeah. Chamber, you pick Monsoor, and you're bound for glory. You like how I did that? Yeah, a little impact reference. I see what you're doing there, Boris. I think uh, I think Becky Lynch is probably a very safe pick as well. I doubt she's going to drop the title to Lita, but it could always be a disqualification. You never know. It's the winner of the match, whoever is declared the winner. So if Becky Lynch gets disqualified for using a chair, beats the crap out of Lita and stands tall, Lita is still the winner of that match. Example, Boris, if you would have picked Roman Reigns in the Royal Rumble match, you would have lost despite the fact that he left with his head held high. Yep, exactly. Oh man, what a day! What a what a life we lead. Sometimes I don't, you know, <laughs> honestly, I, <laughs> it's gonna be one of those shows. Honestly, I like I don't even know what to say. I I'm here. I'm doing stuff. I watched wrestling. I'm ready to talk about wrestling at some point. But man, honestly, so here in Toronto, we are preparing mentally and physically for another snowstorm. Yep. Um, to get, what, what are we supposed to get, like 15 to 20 centimeters overnight throughout the, the day? Yeah. It, yeah. At, by Friday, we're going to be at 20 plus centimeters. Centimeters. So we'll see how much we actually end up getting. Boy, howdy. And that'll be our second big dumping of the year if it comes to pass in Toronto. And that's that's like pretty huge. Like the last snowstorm we got was the biggest snowstorm since I've moved to Toronto since 2013. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say that that's probably the biggest snowstorm that I remember. I know that we've had ice storms. I remember an ice storm in like 2010, 2011, something like that. And it was just ridiculous. Like literally, like, you know, the trees in, in the front yeah. of our place, right? Like just completely frozen. Everything was frozen. Like everything I know, was yeah. frozen, frozen, frozen. But I don't think we've had this dumping of snow. Like I've been staying at my parents because of reasons. Hashtag reasons and um 
you know, I can't even get into my place right now. Yeah, it's well, I mean, you like you, you if you sat there for like a good half hour to an hour chopping away at the stairs in the snow, you could get in, but it's going to change like if you wanted to get in, you'd have to do it now cuz it's going to be a Actually, a I'm I'm thinking I'm debating on on coming by later and and doing that just because Matt, I did something really stupid, I think. I, I, I guess if, if if memory serves me right. <laughs> so, I went out last night for all the listeners. I went out last night and uh it was one of those nights Boris had a night. Uh yeah, Whew. it was it was something. I got home at <laughs> six a.m. I want to say. Nice, and then you watched. So you watched NXT like this morning, like eight nine. Uh, six thirty. I started. Oh, there you go. There you go. Did you sleep at all, no, or are you start you running I'm, on I'm zero sleep? I'm going on. I'm going on fumes at this point. <laughs> all nighter, Boris, and you took notes. What did I could have taken notes? Well, I did take some notes, but not like detailed. Like you're driving the bus this week, right? Because I am not prepared to. Yeah, I'm driving the bus. I told you last <laughs> week. Um, okay, very good. Yeah, so so well, I might as well talk about it on this show. So, dude, I did something really stupid last night. Um, uh, that could be, that could mean a number of things, buddy. Please, uh, what what <laughs> what did you do? For the love of God, please. <laughs> so we might have a uh, extra guest in the house um, of 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 a female variety for 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 a little bit. Um, okay, and and her dog. Not not the spawn, an actual dog. Interesting. Dog, <laughs> eh? What what kind of dog? Like little annoying yippy dog? Oh god no. It's a it's a, I don't even know what which dog is coming. So basically the the lady friend's best friend. She lives in the country right now. She uh she was in Hamilton, she lives god knows where now right now. Um but she works in the city, right? So because of the snowstorm, uh she wants she needs a place and, and because the lady friend can't accommodate her this weekend. I somehow, I don't even know how. I was Jedi mind tricked into saying yes. And uh, yeah, so her and her dog, I think it's going to be the bigger dog. But the bigger dog, is it's, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's really cool. Um, very quiet. He just loves running around, right? Um, no, but I don't know how this dog is going to react to... Yeah. Space, space, space in the country to city living for a weekend. Yeah, that's that's gonna suck. Hopefully, she takes him for like walks, like a couple times a day. There's a nice big park very close to our house, which is a which is at least a silver lining. But yeah, it's a it's a small little apartment you got there. I uh, we did have we did have tenants just move out who did have a dog, so it's not that big a deal, man. Like we've had dogs in the neighborhood pretty much this yeah, entire year. There's always been a dog on the, on the main floor, right? Actually, they yeah. didn't move out. I got the the, yeah, the lowdown, so they're apparently just uh, subletting their place for like six months. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, buddy got a job in New York. That's funny that we're talking about this on the podcast. But yeah, I was texting them. Yeah, last night. And then, congratulations to Craig if you're listening. I'm yeah, sure eat you're a not. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Couple uh, different uh, opposing views on uh, roommate Craig here <laughs> from the band boys. <laughs> Oh man, no, you know what? He's he's fine. Like honestly, I've never really had an issue with them. It's just like it's the small things, right? It's always it's always been the small things, and I know I'm very particular sometimes. But like you know, um, when when you e- email me at like ten eleven p.m. asking to come into my place, and I'm like, okay, cool, and I try to reciprocate by doing the same, and you say fuck no, I'm gonna take offense yeah. to that. 
It's a little, yeah, I can see that. You can get a little cold shoulder, especially if you open up your home to them. But yeah, I mean, 11 o'clock is late. You never know. But uh, yeah, buddy, uh, greener pastures for them, greener pastures for us. You want to start talking about this wrestling show Do that we, we're here? No, I don't actually. I really don't. <laughs> like, what are we going to talk about? L.A. Knight did stuff. Uh, the yep. best thing was That's the opener. True. Uh, Vic Joseph. Oh, and Wade Barrett were hilarious as they usually are. Yeah. Honestly, let's talk about Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph for a little bit, dude. Is it me or are these two possibly the best? Not the best commentators, but they have the best chemistry. Interesting. Do they have the best chemistry of any duo in all of wrestling right now? That's are they strong. the bam of <laughs> commentators? I love it, buddy. I love it. You know, you figured it out on the fly. Rookies of the year, I dare I say. Um, no, that's, you know, I, I don't want to inflate my own head. But, yeah, Boris, I think they are pretty goddamn good. I, I really, like, I think they're very, uh, like, they seem like friends almost in that in that way that they rip on each other, in that, uh, in that Tony Kornheiser, Mike Wilbon way, kind of in that Bobby the Brain Gorilla Monsoon way, obviously like a poor man's version of. They're just starting out. But they, they do have a certain... Uh, yeah, a certain give and take, a certain back and forth that's really enjoyable. It's one of the things that carries you throughout the show, for sure. No, honestly, like that and last night's show just highlighted this for me that it was they were the MVPs. And and honestly, like, you know, I'm biased for obvious reasons, but I think Mackenzie Mitchell is probably the best, at least, backstage reporter. And I don't know whether she just knows how to act through a shitty script. But she doesn't seem so robotic like, you know, the main roster people. That's fair. But, yeah, we can't say enough about how shitty the script is. Please yeah. know that it is a shitty script. But a lot of these performers, you can go up and down the list, are doing pretty well with their terrible, terrible, borderline racist, in some cases, characters. Yeah. Right. Very true. I'm thinking through the show, and I'm like, yeah, Wendy Chu <laughs> was on the show. She did stuff. Yeah. Um, Saray is a stereotype. Oh, Tony D'Angelo is a stereotype. You could argue a lot of other characters are stereotypes if you really wanted to get cynical Even about Legado. it. But those, Even those, Legado, right? Like Legado stereotypes. You could argue, like, yeah, I, I, I like look it up and down the roster and just tell me, like, but man, I mean, well, I, even Toxic Attraction, huge stereotypes, right? Speaking of which, man, this episode, <laughs> like. <laughs> So, I have to be honest. So last night, I was out doing stuff, right? But I checked in on the on on the on the chat. <laughs> man, oh man! Sometimes the chat just makes me laugh so hard because as I'm reading the comments, I'm like, "What the hell is happening on this show right now?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just seeing like I, I saw people talking about. Wait a minute, are, is she morphing? Yeah. Is that a morph that we just saw? I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening on the show? Because I didn't watch it live either. I watched it late last night, though. But uh, I was actually watching the Coen Brothers Macbeth movie. Pretty good. Denzel kills it. It's a little tough to follow because it's Shakespeare. And uh, I'm a moron, <laughs> Boris. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. And, and honestly, Denzel might have given, like, another Oscar performance there. Like, I'm sure that that's going to – it's the kind of thing that I could either get a lot of Oscar buzz or, like, none and kind of be like forgotten, like be Oscar bait that the the fish don't bite on. But I think that's going to get some Oscar buzz, specifically Denzel. Yeah. Oh, okay, I had to bring down the lights. Were just killing me. Whew. 
<laughs> you definitely do need some sleep, eh? Oh, you have no idea. Like right now, I'm like, I'm like canceling my meetings this afternoon, and I'm like, oh my god, do I need to rest a little bit? Just just a few hours at this point. I don't know. Oh, we can power man. through this. Uh, this was a kind of like just their episode. It was pretty meaningless. The opener was good. The uh, main event was good. Everything else was pretty dang wacky. The story of 2.0, buddy. Honestly, and that's exactly it. It's like the book end is okay. Everything in the middle, you can take it or leave it. Um, whew, getting flashbacks from last night. And it's like, oh, I did that. All right, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to some wrestling. And before we do that, Matt, we have one bit of business to get through. And that is our star rating or our rating system for this week because we're done with star ratings. We are the young guns. Every week we have a rating de jour, a rating of the day. And it, usually we like to have fun with this. So, Matt, what are you thinking for this week? I think uh, the two big takeaways from this show are Saray and Wendy Chu, I think, at this point. Everything else was kind of, you know, as is. So what did, should we go magic necklaces or should we go Slurpees? What are you thinking? I was actually thinking cold showers. <laughs> Why, due to toxic attraction? <laughs> Just in general. There's just something about this show. It's true. It was a it was a thirsty uh, one of the hornier episodes of WWE TV <laughs> that you'll see in the 2020s for sure. A very thirsty, very horny edition. Let's go cold showers out of five, Boris. I like where your head's at. Oh, Bruce Pritchard, you fucking horny son of a bitch. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's get this yeah, show. I, on I, I don't. Let me say categorically for the record, I do not love it, Boris. Please continue. You have to understand. I watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I don't even know how much tequila I drank last night. Like let's oh, just put no. that into perspective. Like I don't even know how much. I get home, turn on the show, and I'm like, "Okay, we're starting with this match. Okay, cool." And then as stuff happens, I'm just like, "Why am I up? I need to quit this show." <laughs> Can matches run I- the <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have let me know, man. I could have I could have taken better notes. I didn't really clue in. I should have just volunteered to drive the bus this week. But yeah, man, it uh it's a fever dream of a wrestling show at the best of times, especially when you're drunk as a skunk 6 a.m. Yeah. All right, anyways, let's get the show started. So we're gonna do cold showers out of five. Shows kicks off, and we have a six-man tag to get shit started. And it's Imperium with Gunther. Gunther, Gunther, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Aikner versus Diamond Mind, which consisted of Roderick Strong, Julius Creed, Brutus Creed, with Malcolm Bivens and the MVP of 2022, Ivy Nile. All right, so, dude, I watched this match. Man, these people wanted to just kick each other's ass, didn't they? Yeah, they really hit each other hard. And you see some greenness still in uh, Brutus and Julius Creed, specifically Brutus. Julius is pretty good. Brutus is still, uh, he's still figuring it out. But yeah, man, the way that uh, Walter combats that is by just chopping the ever-loving heck out of you. Just hitting you hard with his forearm and wrist. Yeah. Um, Fabian Aigner, he's always been good. He's always been like top-tier wrestler in ring abilities but when has he like excelled to this like mvp status like savior status of just amazing in every single match it's like something about the 2.0 switch over something about them perhaps going to the main roster has gotten this guy fired up and he was always kind of like a 
perhaps a poor man Cesaro, but now he's kind of like the cruiserweight Cesaro. I would not put the qualifier poor man's on him anymore. He's just killing it in there. He's just great. Every match that Fabian Eichner has been in lately. Not only, like, and, and I think, you know, Cesaro is the perfect way to put it because, like, this mofo is strong as shit. That deadlift Samoan <laughs> drop that he did with Unbrutus was just ridiculous. Who does that? Absolutely crazy, man. Yeah, the power spots and the agility, too. Like, he's fast. He can fly in that ring. He's just a really complete, awesome pro wrestler. Yeah. The highlight of this match for me was when Walter and Roderick Strong were in the ring. Like, those two just have great chemistry. They, they've they obviously, like, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They have fun doing what they're doing. And, again, Gunther just wants to kick people's ass. And, I like, as I say his name, I'm like, this is this is wrong. This is weird. But what's yeah, what's it, in the name? Exactly. Like I, again, like it's better than the alternative. It's not as bad as it could have been. And he is so good that it really doesn't matter what you call him. At the end of the day, you could have called him the Red Rooster. He'd still be whipping ass, Boris. Yep, and that's exactly what he did because he gives a huge blow to the chest on Brutus. Follows that up with a power bomb. Gets the pinfall win in around twelve minutes. Imperium are your winners of this match. Yes, sir. Yeah, 12 minutes and 15 seconds I timed it at. I think it was, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, loyal listeners, but I think it was a Toshiaki Kawada-style stacking pin after that powerbomb. I think it was a Kawada-style powerbomb. That's what I wrote down. I might be wrong about that. But very good match. I think the... I probably think the main event was slightly better, but right on the same level. We're going to go three and a half cold showers, Boris. 70% cold shower percentage, buddy. <laughs> I forgot what a rating system was. <laughs> All right, let's cut because LA Knight's cutting a promo about Grayson Waller backstage. Knight talked about Waller having hell to pay. Joe Gacy and Harlan walk up to Knight. Gacy offered to help Knight because he helped Harlan deal with a restraining order he had with someone else. This led to Knight challenging Gacy to a match. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how that went. Sure. Yeah, and I could talk a little bit. I'm not mad when he's on my screen cutting a promo. Uh, Joe Gacy versus L.A. Knight. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> sure. It was stuff. And then Toxic Attraction walks out. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So. Where 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 do we, where do we start this? Where do we go from here? They come out. This was, yeah. Gigi Dolan said that Indy and Persia have signed their death sentence due to their fluke last week. Uh, JC Jade said they are putting in putting the tag titles on the line against Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota at Vengeance Day. Kaylee Ray uh, came out. She pulls her best Sting cosplay. Um, Ray demanded a match against Mandy Rose, simply said, and Mandy Rose said, no. Ray then says that she, or she threatens to bash the brains of Dolan and Jane. Rose asked Ray to put the bat down and Dolan and Jane would leave. Ray dropped the bat and the women left as was promised. <laughs> 
I'm, yeah, this, I'm like this I'm Morris, reading through this, my notes. This uh, deserves this level of you know excitement that you're showing right now. This wasn't particularly great. One thing that actually did crack me up a ton in this promo, buddy, was uh, when Mandy Rose was saying she was part of international marketing campaigns, bikini world champion, seven magazine covers, and all these billboards. And as she's listing off those accomplishments, the crowd starts chanting, "You deserve it." Yeah, which was actually funny. That was the best NXT crowd moment in a long time. Honestly, this NXT crowd is like there's such something about them that it just feels kind of like the old days. It feels like full sale, right? Anyway, they they, they back have up. back and forth. Like seriously, this is just ridiculous. It was a, it was what it was. <laughs> like seriously, it was what it was. Um, you know, they they just have a bunch of back and forth, and uh, that's 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 where we're at. So, what did you think of this? Yeah, yeah. the point of this being that Mandy Rose is refusing the match and Kaylee Ray says she will get her title match by the end of the night. Kaylee Ray slaps Mandy at uh, at the end and then the Toxic Attraction girls run in, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I thought this was, I don't know, aside from that one pretty cute moment with, uh, oh, there I am using that word again. Uh, you should never <laughs> use a cute to describe a wrestling show, probably. But I thought, yeah, that, that one thing with the fans, more than anything, was really, really funny when they started chanting, you deserve it because she's hot and she should be on billboards. But, uh, you know, man, other than that, it was, yeah, this was pretty bad. It, it, see, it feels to me like a waste of Kaylee Ray's great talents. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't need to be in NXT. She doesn't need the belt. Nope. She needs to be nope. on the main roster. ASAP. With Cameron yep. Grimes and Carmelo Hayes, and I'm sure there's other people in that category. Anyways, let us cut to the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, and that's Mackenzie Mitchell. She's talking to my girl, Cora Jade, about her match against Raquel Gonzalez. Jade says she's trying to prove she's tough enough and that her and Raquel can be the winners of the Dusty Cup. Uh, Gonzalez walked in and asked if Jade still wants to go through with this match, and Jade said C. Gonzalez made her entrance for the next match. And uh, yeah, so this is pretty fun. So I like this one much more than last week's offering, Boris, because they kept it like, what, five, six minutes shorter? So uh, A-OK on my uh, on my end on this one. Cora Jade, she's likable. Raquel Gonzalez, badass character. The scripts they are forced to read are dog shit. Yeah. Pretty much. All right, TMZ interview time because they catch up with uh, Rose, Jane, and Dolan in the parking lot. Rose said she's not granting Ray the title shot. Dolan and Jane entered an SUV. Turned out Ray was the driver. Um, she drives off, and that was that. So a yeah. a a kidnapping here on live TV. By my count, I believe believe this is the third or fourth kidnapping in the 2.0 era thank you bruce pritchard for that and uh yeah some real hardcore uh where to stephanie vibes from kaylee ray so she's sting and she's the undertaker on this show later she's going to be stone cold steve austin beating the shit out of booker t in the grocery store yep all right That just clicked what you said. All right. Uh, <laughs> the next match was Raquel Gonzalez versus Cora Jade. Uh, this match was pretty short, six minutes. Raquel Gonzalez basically beat Jade up. Uh, Cora Jade kind of uh, took the punishment, and it impressed Gonzalez. What else is there to say about this match, Matt? 
Yeah, it was a strong effort, but I wouldn't call it a very good wrestling match. I do think Corey Jade is learning, but yeah, you can you can tell that this is developmental. Raquel Gonzalez is ready for the main roster. She's on that list of people who should be up, and there's really nothing left for them to learn or do even or accomplish at all in NXT. Yep. All right, so uh, Raquel Gonzalez gets she reverses a high knee. And turns it into a Chingona bomb. She wins at six minutes. Uh, as she begins to walk out of the ring, she turns around. She walks back to Cora Jade, who seems to be in a lot of pain. Gonzalez gave Jade a handshake and said, let's go win it. So there you go. They're a team. Can they coexist? <laughs> So funny since Cora Jade was making fun of that storyline when she started. And then a month a month later, she found herself in that storyline. But yeah, I like it. I hope they do win. I think that would be kind of fun, a good thing to do. But uh, for the match itself, six minutes and three seconds, nothing really much to it. Slight fail, Boris, but strong effort. We're going to go two cold showers out of five. Slightly below that madcap moss line. Yep. Now. On top of that, this match suffered through technical difficulties galore. Yeah. Did it? Okay, I was wondering. I don't know if that's just Sportsnet or if that was NXT, like, on their end. <laughs> I thought it was me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Like, Boris thought he was blacking out. Yeah. It was your brain having the technical difficulties. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm watching this. I'm like, Did I miss something? I literally had to pause, rewind. I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's it's the show. Like, whoo. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. So I don't know if those were Canada-specific technical difficulties or if that was, like, the whole show. But, yeah, this match was, it was, like, lagging behind. It was like you were watching this on, like, Windows Live Media in 2011. Yeah, exactly. All right, so after the match, we get a Sarai schoolgirl promo. Insert cold showers. The graphic next. She will return, quote-unquote, next, as I do air quotes on camera <laughs> and only Matt can see. All right. Uh, um, yeah, so she's she's full on Sailor Moon. She just literally is Sailor Moon. She morphs. She's got a magic necklace and she morphs on her way to the ring. Part of her entrance is like fighting evil by moonlight and then, of course, winning love by daylight, Boris. Or oh, wait, is that backwards? I have no idea. No, no, you said it right. <laughs> I'm judging you so much right now. It's not <laughs> even funny. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I have no rebuttal. <laughs> Anywho, um, Pete Dunn promo aired before this where he bragged about smashing Tony D'Angelo AOAO Gabagool's hand with a cricket bat. He said it was ironic where he took D'Angelo's cousin's advice about taking care of business by any means necessary. Dunn challenged uh, D'Angelo to a steel cage match. Interesting. Not clear if that'll happen next week or on Vengeance Day, or maybe even that'll happen in three weeks because they're going to need something for that show too. And the next couple of weeks are pretty stacked, actually. They don't need it on either of those shows. But yeah, I'm excited for that uh, cage match to be. And this was one of the highlights of the show. Probably the best promo on this show, for sure, actually. I would say the best promo on the show. Yeah. All right, so then we alluded to this. Sarai, 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 she was shown at the gorilla position in her schoolgirl uniform. She comes through the curtain and she transforms or she henshined into her ring gear. Uh, very sparkly. Did you notice how sparkly it was? It was very sparkly. 
yeah, she has like a new like hairstyle too. So it's 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 an interesting thing. She's she goes from like basically portrayed as a child to like a, a grown ass kicking like real professional wrestler. So and that just happens in the span of her walking through Gorilla, brother, brother, brother. All I can as I'm watching this entrance, all I can think of is Io Shirai saying, "Thank God." <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I feel bad for. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel bad for Saray. This is probably not what she signed up for. It could, and there by the grace of God, go a number of other women on this roster for this character. And like to people who say, "Well, it's not as bad as it could be. It's not like racist or anything." My counter to that is, she's literally Sailor Moon. Literally yes. is Sailor Moon in presentation, in character, in every conceivable way. She just needs her tuxedo mask. I swear, I'll stop with the Sailor Moon references here soon, buddy. I'm fucking dying so much right now. I have a lot of I have more questions right now. Um, uh, I don't even. You just completely thrown me for a loop. All right. So she faced Jobber number six four three two nine, aka Kayla Inlay. Yeah, I think this may have been the second time we've seen Kayla Inlay because I I believe. Remarking, I, I think I remember remarking that she is no Finlay, <laughs> but uh, maybe if I'm just coming up with that joke now, I'll bury Horowitz myself on the back again. But uh, yeah, I think this is the second time we've seen Kayla. She has a lot of fire. I thought she held her own in this match. This was this was actually a pretty good squash. Yeah, this was a fun little contest, as they say in the wrestling business. Um, only went like, what, three minutes and a half. It was short. It was sweet. But it did what it needed to do. It kind of, it was for Saray to kind of show off. Yeah, and the crowd really likes this character. They're really trying to push it as a feel-good, believe in yourself, you can achieve your dreams, pure white meat baby face, as they say. So, I don't know. I think I think this character has a way better chance of landing and doing anything in the professional wrestling industry uh, than Wendy Chu's character, for example, which like the girl in her pajamas is never going to be a world champion. Sorry, it just won't happen. But Saray, she could this is with a little bit of tweaking. This is OK. At this moment, it's laughably cartoonishly borderline racist and bad. But the wrestler is great. You don't think Wendy Chu's ever going to win a belt? Uh, I, I don't want to say never again because they could tweak it and stuff, but I will say the, the girl in pajamas will never be a world champion. 20 I, bucks I, I, says, I will stay 20, bucks 20 bucks says that she will be champion, my friend. All right, you're on, buddy. You heard it here live. That is a bet. That's official. I, there's no way. I, I, uh, with the qualifier that if she gets out of the pajamas, there's a chance. There, I, I'm, We're going to have to redo this bet if she gets out of the pajamas. While wearing pajamas, she will not be world champion. Yeah. Um, the show cuts to a Duke. Or actually, let's rate this match before we move forward. Yes. So, yeah, I thought this was above the Madcap Moss line. I thought it achieved everything it needed to do. It was a three-minute and 30-second borderline squash, but it was still a good wrestling match. We're going to go three cold showers out of five, Boris. Tip of the cap to you, ladies. 60% it's a C in Canada. Yep. All right. Duke Hudson, he's mean, and he's mad, and he wants a strike first. He says he's addicted to one thing now, and that's inflicting pain and seeing others suffer. So, yeah, that's Duke Hudson now. Yep. Of all the addictions you could have in wrestling, probably the best one. Let's move on. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I believe up next we had Cameron Grimes confronting Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, Boris. <laughs> Yet again, another fabulous job done here by Trick Williams. And I thought this was the best Carmelo Hayes has ever come across on the microphone here. I really enjoyed Carmelo in this promo. Ah, uh, yes, that, that was something. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this, actually. Like... Man, Cameron Grimes is great. I love, and you know what? What's something I love about Cameron Grimes? He knows the the crowd is behind him, and he plays that up during his promos. Absolutely, he knows they're gonna pop out of his lines. He knows exactly, like he kind of leads them on in a good way. He's leading them. He's kind of like conducting the the crowd at this point. It's it's so good. Yep. Um. Yeah. So basically, they have a back and forth. As you know, uh, Cameron Grimes. Won his match last week, so he's next in line for a for a uh, for a championship opportunity, as they say in WWE speak. Yeah, and yeah, I hate that it's a title shot, but whatever, it's a championship. It's not not a championship opportunity, so that's fine. That's their term du jour, and it's going to be beaten into the ground in the next six months, I'm sure. But yeah, good good promo yet again. Uh, until Trick Williams learns how to wrestle, they probably should stay in NXT. But other than Trick Williams' wrestling, this act is all the way ready for the main roster. I also laughed so hard to myself at about 7.15, 7.20 in the morning when uh, when Cameron Grimes called uh, Trick Williams Squidward. And then he says they he saw that they liked all of Ollie J's bikini bottom pictures on Instagram. It has a fun fun little line. SpongeBob-based humor from the one Cameron Grimes. Yep. All right. So this was good. I like this a lot. Um, You know, it it served its purpose. I think that these two are going to have a better mic duo than in-ring match. Uh, Ooh. That's I, hot I think take. we're gonna have a pretty hot good take. match, man. Hot, that is a hot take. This was a good promo, but I still think that's a hot take. I'm excited for the match. I think it'll oh, be I'm damn excited. good. I just I think it'll be all right. I just I think that their mic work is that much better. Anyways, so cut to the back. Braun Breaker thanks Tommaso Ciampa for his help last week, and he wonders why. Ciampa said being at the top of the mountain is a lonely place, and he understands where Breaker is now. Breaker said he respects that. Ciampa said he wants to see Breaker with two Ks remain the NXT champion. Breaker with two Ks said that the Blackheart and the Breaker with two Ks are about to kick some legado ass. Yeah, fine. Perfectly fine promo. Breaker with two Ks is is figuring it out. He's he's ready to, I think. And he's only had 15 matches or 16 or whatever it is. But what else does he need? You know, he's pretty much there. Yeah. All right. So cut, cut to the 60-year-old humor. Idris Inofi and Malik Blake were coming uh, up with tag uh. team names. Inofi thought up of Team Inofi and Blade. First, then Team BBC. You see, now, now BBC, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please uh, explain the inner workings of this joke for the loyal, loyal listeners. Boys, <laughs> I was honestly thinking of this bit the entire fucking morning. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you were. No, I'm just... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like... <laughs> What the fuck? 
<laughs> oh my god, this show sometimes. I did laugh. This was, you know what? As stupid as it was, it was a laugh out moment because BBC, you see, Matt, it could be a reference to a particular body oh part of, of, of certain people, you see. Yes, yes, let's uh, let's leave that uh, at that. But yeah, this was I was more laughing at it yes. than with it. Yeah, and it was more a chuckle than like a laugh out loud thing. But yeah, I was I was uh, yeah incredulous at what was on my screen for sure. Yep. Then Inofi uh, started fawning over Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose stumbles literally into Inofi's. Uh, or sorry, to Malik Blade's hands. Rose was running away from Kaylee Ray. Uh, Ray and Rose brawled. And no fig. Fuck. <laughs> I'm reading my notes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you what I wrote. <laughs> okay, please, yes, verbatim, word for word. Enofi got horny and was enjoying the brawl a little too much, and he couldn't get up because he had he had a hard on. Yeah, that is that was the joke. That was it was the classic like you've seen it in a thousand dumb TV shows, a thousand things that have been canceled like not because like they were bad content, because they were terrible like artistically. You know what I mean? Anyway, you've uh yeah, just the the joke he can't get up because he has uh you know, he needs some time. No, I can't go right now. It's yeah. Oh, Boris, this is comedy in NXT. It's Boner Jokes, and it's Sailor Moon, and this is the once-beloved hardcore wrestling brand. This is what we've been reduced to. Well, BBC, Horn Dog Jokes, and <laughs> Boner Jokes. This is the show. Yeah, this is this is what we signed up for, Matt. It, it's really funny, because like people, people like to say about AEW, well, if WCW lived... It would kind of look like AEW looks right now. But if Vince Russo's WCW lived, I think it would kind of look like NXT 2.0 looks right now. (laughs) 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 Like, this is the spiritual successor to... uh, to some of the worst wrestling of all time. This is just, and, and a segment like this is not out of place on like 2002 TNA, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. It, it, it just gets better from there. Anyways, Diamond Mine, they're backstage with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, Brutus said they will face Imperium again once they win the Dusty Classic. Zach Gibson and James Drake showed up. They're taunting Diamond Mine. Bivens calls them nerds and said that the Creed brothers will kick their ass next week. Fairly typical stuff for Malcolm Bivens, but even like a basic Bivens promo is about as good as anyone's promo is in wrestling these days. Yep, and you see, I enjoyed this because there wasn't horn dog references. There were no boner jokes. There were anyways, I'm just gonna keep going. LA Knight versus Joe Gacy with Harlan. This match was what, four minutes? You know what? I I'm not minding LA Knight's in ring right now. No, he's okay. He's uh, pretty serviceable. He reminds me a lot of Bobby Roode in the ring. Actually, I would say Bobby Roode's slightly better, but he's pretty good. He's serviceable at, at worst, you know? Like, he's he's a solid wrestler. Yeah, he's all right. And, uh, yeah, Joe Gacy being Joe Gacy. So, I actually fucking love this because at ringside, Sanga distracts Knight, and then Grayson Waller literally just rolls. <laughs> 
and out of fucking yeah. nowhere, hits Knight with his cutter, uh, the rolling stunner. Uh, Knight then beat the 10 count, but he walks right into Gacy's handstand lariat, and Joe Gacy gets the win in four minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, definitely the coolest shot, the best production moment of this show was Grayson Waller dive rolling in out of nowhere to hit his finish on the outside on L.A. Knight. I thought that was actually going to be a count out, but Knight squeaked in at nine. And as he kind of ran in, Joe Gacy was basically halfway through his handspring lariat. I loved the finish of this match. Other than the finish, this was pretty much typical WWE like you do. Do some offense. I do some offense. We'll do a dumb angle, and we're out of there in under five minutes. It was like a Raw match. It was like a SmackDown match. So I am going to go with the Mendoza line, the Mad Cat Moss line, two and a half cold showers out of five. But maybe underrated that because the finish of this was tremendous. It was actually tremendous. Yeah, I think you underrated it just because of the finish. You're, if you're if you're praising the finish, you got to show respect on your score. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll, we'll bump it up to three cold showers. That finish, you know, I, perhaps I need a cold shower right now. It was a hot, hot finish, boys. Right. Can you get up, though? You see, we're making a boner joke right now. <laughs> oh, no, we're no better than Pritchard, Boris. We're better than that. No, that's fine. Are we, sometimes sometimes Are we? you got to make a dick or poop joke, Boris. Sometimes you got to make a poop joke or a dick joke, and that's just the way it goes. Hopefully it lands. Uh, speaking of landing, Waller got the mic taunting Knight, saying he owns NXT and there's nothing Knight can do about it. Yeah. Knight tried to attack Sanga, but Sanga gave Knight a choke slam. Waller said that if Knight can beat Sanga next week, maybe he'll take down the restraining order. Yeah, interesting. Maybe is is fun. I, I don't think he will. I think Sanga is probably going to get the win, perhaps with uh, massive amounts of cheating. Yeah. Um, oh man, this show sometimes. Robert Stone and Von Forehead are backstage. Stone talks about how he used to be focused on the entertainment side of the business. He then said he saw a six foot five, two fifty five pound athlete destroying people, and said he wanted to be part of that. He said he paid Wagner's fines because Wagner is the future. He said Wagner is the future of NXT, WWE, and Universal Champion. He said that uh, this is Von Wagner's world, and you're just living in it. If this I is this. if this is Von Wagner's world, get me out of here. <laughs> I want off. I quit. I refuse to live in this world. You can't make me. No, I actually really like this man. This has been my entire thing with Robert Stone, and he directly addressed it. And I think if he's going to be managing a main event or upper mid card at least kind of guy, he needs to be a little more serious. You can still take a bump here and there. You can still get pie on your face here and there. The women's champion uh, was full of food in this show, Boris. You can still you can still show your arse from time to time, but he needs to be a little more serious, and he's going to start doing it. That's great. I like this a lot. I'm very encouraged. Now, did you say Mandy Rose was full of food because she's a snack? <laughs> I, I, did, I did not say that or think it, but I like where your head's at, Boris. <laughs> Boner joke number two. Anyways, <laughs> fuck this show. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Pritchard has poisoned your mind, Boris. Amari Miller's making her entrance. They show footage from earlier in the day. Tiffany Stratton, a.k.a. Zaya stateside tried to encourage Miller to destroy Wendy Chu. Wendy Chu made her entrance. Actually, 
let me clarify this. Tiffany Stratton essentially said, if you beat Wendy Chu, because for some reason, Tiffany Stratton has many issues with Wendy Chu, she will take her on a on a on on a shopping spree, you see, with daddy's credit card. Yes. So also yet another like immature, slightly childish character there. But that's that's a whole another podcast, Boris. But yeah, shouldn't and, and Wade Barrett addressed this, but shouldn't Amari Miller just want to win anyway? Shouldn't the purse that she gets from winning an NXT match be enough to fund her own shopping trip? No, she needs charity. She wants the purse. You see, you see how all of this works. Ah. It's actually meta. You know, there's the winner's purse, and then Tiffany Stratton was offering her a winner's purse. I like it. I like where your hats are like an official, actual, physical winner's purse, a Prada bag, perhaps, or something. I like where you're writing this shit. We should be writing this shit. Like, why, does, do why didn't job. Tiffany Stratton walk with a Gucci bag and said, if you win, this is your winner's purse? No, that's that's actually that's pretty damn clever, Boris. And you're running off no sleep and possibly still drunk. So look at, look at you, buddy. You can't be stopped. <laughs> oh, you have no idea what I'm running off of right now. Anyways, Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller. This match lasted three minutes, 26 seconds. I'm going to let you talk about this match just because I want to hear what your thoughts are on Wendy Chu? Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely think she's no, nope. uh, she no, nope. yeah, I, nope. I do. I nope. think she's okay. Well, we're gonna put, t- you know, hold on, hold. You okay. know what? Continue. Just go on. She's, uh, in my opinion, and in in the opinion of hundreds, if not thousands, of wrestling fans who have drawn the same conclusion, she is a take on the Orange Cassidy character from someone who clearly does not get it or understand what makes Orange Cassidy tick or what makes him likable at all. And I think this is this is just like some 1990s superstars level stuff. This is just a cheesy character who has a ceiling, and it sucks for Wendy Chu because the the crowd likes the character. You know, it, it's it's unique and it's silly and and she's a fun performer. She you know, she's got like, a you know, she's got a good smile and good energy. There's no reason to dislike her, but there's a huge ceiling. And it, you know what I mean? There's like a there's like a, a glass ceiling on this thing. It's not going to be very successful. I feel bad for Wendy Chu. But yeah, it's just to me, it's just like they saw Orange Cassidy and they were like, what is this guy? Why is he so sleepy? And they came up with this dumb thing and it sucks. <laughs> That's my opinion. How do you feel about that, buddy? I think you're wrong. <laughs> Fair enough, man. How do you feel? How do you feel about uh, Wendy Chu st- aping the Tronquillo? Um, she basically just stole that right from your boys. Yeah, man, it, it happens, right? You know what? It's no, no, no one has copyright <laughs> on gimmicks. Let me say that. That's fair. Um, I, honestly, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't even know what I think, but I will say this. Karen Q, she's trying her best, and she honestly, bell to bell, she kicks ass. You can't deny that. No, she's a very good wrestler. It's just such a weird and restrictive gimmick that every one of her matches is going to kind of look the same, and it's going to all, it's going to be a joke that's going to get old quick. And I, just, I kind of feel bad for Wendy Chu more than anything because I do think like she's she's screwed in like a year to eighteen months. Maybe not like she'll never get another job again, but in terms of like upward mobility in WWE. Yeah. Wow. Man, it was around this point where I'm like, if this is developmental. Are these characters the characters that we're going to see on the main roster? 
in Wendy Chu's case, I think absolutely not. No. Uh, in, in many cases, yes. Ka- uh, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, Cameron Grimes probably if and when. But yeah, no, I don't think Wendy Chu will make the main roster with this gimmick. I, yeah. I, God bless her. She is not, she is not the problem. But I yeah. don't think she's making it. And so the, yeah, and this match went... Go ahead. And the reason why I say that is because, like, let's remember, John Cena was the fucking prototype in, in, in OVW, right? Like, Yeah. And then he came up as just basically generic man, like generic wrestler man. And then he found his character on basically like the second or third attempt, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but this match went three and a half minutes. Wendy Chu wins with a Polish hammer, Boris, like she's fucking Ivan Putsky or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> like ridiculous. Also, Tiffany Stratton throws her credit card in the ring, which distracts Amari Miller. That sets up the victory. And then Wendy Chu steals Tiffany Stratton's credit card and leaves with it. That's not how credit cards work. It doesn't matter. You don't just have all of her money now. We have video evidence of you stealing the credit card, and she could just easily grab her cell phone and cancel it as soon as she gets backstage. Why do we care that she guys her physical credit card for five minutes? Like, I just thought, this whole, the whole character's dumb. The match was dumb. She went with a bullish hammer, Boris. What are we doing here? <laughs> so we've seen a hostage-taking and identity theft. All in one episode. <laughs> yes, she, yes, she's half Ivan Putsky, half Orange Cassidy. The the character we didn't know we needed, and we don't need. We do not need this character. Oh, I need more of this. Anyways, Dexter Loomis, Indy Hart. Anyways, how would you rate this match? Uh, bad, but not without some charm. So we're gonna go. Was, would gonna would go it be one- cute? It, it was, it was, you could definitely describe Wendy Chu as cute. Yes. It would be one cold shower out of five, not an embarrassment to pro wrestling, but inarguably very bad. Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell, Persia Perota were backstage. Uh, Persia was crushing on Duke Hudson for some reason. Loomis gave that crush a thumbs down. Brooks Jen, oh, fuck, I forgot about this. Brooks Jensen shows up crushing, loving, liking Caden Carter. Hartwell said it's a turnoff when a guy talks too much and nonverbal communication is sexy. Hartwell stared at Loomis, and then they said they needed to go to a hot tub. Jensen tried to give uh, Persia the same look, but Persia said she's into someone else. Yeah, so we're doing like 90210. We're doing like Save by the Bell here. We're doing like just, yeah. Why would they have multiple baby faces who are stuttering goofballs around women as though that's like going to help their careers, as though that's going to get them over as pro wrestlers? Just so weird. Just such a strange choice for some of these characters. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you know what though? I will compliment again, Indy Hartwell's delivery and her general acting ability, I think is a cut above everyone she's in a promo with. Usually this was no exception. She's really good. Indy Hartwell's very good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. All right. We get a Draco Anthony promo. They talk about his Marine background. I really like this. Very strange uh, how they follow these promos with, like, uninspiring uh, performances in the ring immediately. Because we said the same thing about Dante Chen's promo. It was like, oh, I really like this. I really like this, too. And then they either lose or get destroyed by, like, a third party or something weird happens in the match immediately after the promo. Yep. Just like real life, you see? Now, 
Speaking of promos, Nikita Lyons. Yeah. Nikita Lyons. Nikita Interesting, yeah. Lyons. Okay, so I don't I've I've seen on social media she's wrestled on 205 Live. Um, but uh, I guess that's not canon. So Nikita Lyons. Yeah, so she's yeah, she's basically kind of a take on the Frankie Monet character, although she's like she's like Frankie Monet meets sort of like I don't even know Penny Lane from Almost Famous. Kind yeah. of like she's she's manic pixie dream heel, Boris. That's what Nikita Leones is. But uh I I'm pretty excited for her. If she can go at all in the ring, I think I think she might have a bright future. This is an interesting character, kind of like the rock and roll badass world traveled heel. And uh I've never seen it before in wrestling, so we're gonna see. I do I'm kinda intrigued by this one. I think this was a hit. This was My a this favorite was a major line in this was the world better look out for this lion's roar. You see, because her lane is Nikita Lions. And she said lion's roar. All right, so roar. Not, every, not every part of this was a home run. But I think all in all, this was a made shot, Boris. This was at least the tap-in for par. It was okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Mackenzie Mitchell, the hardest working reporter of professional wrestling, was with Sarai, Sarai who was backstage. Yeah, she was back in her schoolgirl uniform. Uh, she said her black hair and school uniform, complete with a school emblem. Uh, she said she dedicated this win to her grandmother. She said, I love you. Saray said that the medallion reminds her that she can do anything. Uh, Crazy Kai shows up, uh, mocking Saray for looking like she came from Sailor Moon. Uh, Kai said she can tell that Saray's medallion is important to her like her grandma is to her. Kai said no matter how strong her relationship with her grandma is, the sun will always set. Yeah, so it's just so sad to watch NXT 2.0 now because, like, uh, before September of last year, this would have been Dakota Kai and Saray, two just really good, strong wrestlers just opposing each other. Hey, you could say Dakota Kai's not, like, a really good, strong wrestler or whatever, but, like, just two, just two serious athletes having a contest. And now it's Sailor Moon versus crazy crackhead girl who talks to herself and now it's just like some weird cartoon it's just like glow or something i don't know exactly what we're watching anymore but it was just like this was this was the moment where i would have turned off the tv and it's not like dakota kai is so bad that she ruined nxt for me it's just ah uh, it's just what are we watching with this brand like it's like you said they are these are these the characters that are going to the main roster really we're gonna have sailor moon and this this girl who's itching and talking to herself i don't know man Andre Chase with Bodie Hayward versus Draco Anthony. Yeah, uh, this was yeah another kind of bad match, like kind of just a very, very basic wrestling match, about as basic as you'll see on WWE TV these days. Uh, Draco Anthony, I think this was his first appearance on the NXT television show. He's also wrestled on 205 Live, I believe. Yep. This yeah, what'd you think what? about this? Yeah, well, yeah. Honestly, want, want to go four minutes? Yeah, pretty basic, right? Like four minutes, thirty-seven seconds. I do like we we saw Andre Chase's finisher. I think for the first time. Yeah, uh, the hammerlock flatliner. 
Yes, yeah, pretty interesting move, although usually a hammerlock is more effective if you drop the guy on the arm, you know what I mean, versus on his face, but we'll excuse it. Andrade does the same thing with the hammerlock DDT. It's just a way, just a fancy little way to do the move. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, uh, yeah. so Andre Chase wins. Uh, you know, this is the thing. So we get these awesome promos, and, and I made this comment about the Brian Kendrick facing John Moxley later and it's why 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 push these people so much and I think the Brian Kendrick thing is just a bad analogy for this but you have Draco Anthony someone who you obviously want to push someone who you obviously have some faith in give him these awesome introductory promos and then you go in for a loss I don't get that shouldn't they be winning on their first shot out I agree. It definitely would make them seem like a way better deal, like a way a bigger threat. But yeah, man, I, uh, I it wasn't the cleanest analogy, but I know what you're saying in that. Why debut a guy just to have him lose? Like, why bring a guy in just to have him like, you know, shit his pants on the first opportunity? Now, it's it's way it's way less egregious when AEW does that with Brian Danielson because it's part of the larger John Moxley or sorry, with uh, Brian Kendrick, because it's part of the larger John Moxley and Brian Danielson feud, right? He's coming in. He's gonna he's gonna do part of that work, and that's gonna set up that feud. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good thing. And Brian Kendrick is what like 40, 45. He doesn't yeah. need this win. This is Draco Anthony's first night in NXT. Kind of makes no sense to to have Andre Chase of all guys beat him, but it's what they did. Yeah. Chase looks at the camera, says Vaughn Forehead's going to get a Andre Chase University-sized ass whooping next week. Sure. Sure he is. I bet that's not going to come to fruition. But, uh, yeah, man, so I, I thought this was a pretty bad wrestling match, too. I would also go one singular cold shower out of five. Bad, not without some charm, not an embarrassment, but bad. Yeah. Speaking of bad and cold showers, Mandy Rose running from Kaylee Ray. She's in the backstage break room, looks like catering. Kaylee Ray shows up behind her. She spills some random spaghetti and meatballs on Rose. Then Ray found a random cake, slammed it into Rose. Ray continues to chase Rose with a bat. Textbook weird McMahon slash weird WWE humor. Mandy Rose stumbles into a room. There's a random cake sitting on a table. Everyone can see where this is going. I thought it was pretty cute that like Kaylee Rose just like appeared from behind like the desk or whatever it was that they had set up. But also that was another thing that everyone on earth could just see coming. So yeah, this is a uh, cheesy, terrible, uh, not, not fun wrestling cheese, like embarrassing wrestling cheese. I would say this wasn't, this wasn't good. Legado del Fantasma, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza versus NXT champ Braun Breaker with two Ks and Tommaso Ciampa. This was your main event, and this match went, what, 11 minutes, 30 seconds. This was entertaining. Yeah, I had a time at 11 minutes, 27 seconds. I like this match, I would honestly say, more than the opener. I thought this was the best match of the show. I thought Braun Breaker's really, he's really coming a long way. Him and Ciampa made a pretty good team. Day one, they have chemistry. I could, I could see them going on a little run. That'd be fun. I, I mean, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they won't do it, but it would be cool to see them go on a little tag team run because they do have chem. Yeah, exactly. No, this match was great. And, and you know, again, they push Braun Breaker, right? Like, that seems to be the theme of NXT 2.0 at this point. Like, if anything, the entire existence of NXT 
2.0 is to build Braun Breaker. Yeah, and in that respect, and in that respect alone, NXT 2.0 is working. The whole thing being like centered around Braun Breaker and him coming along rapidly is actually, it's a great success. And it's the only great success of NXT 2.0 at this point. Yeah, Mendoza with a beautiful Phoenix splash. Um, Mendoza was pretty great in this match, right? Like, I really liked everything he did, but it was Mendoza who took the military press power slam, uh, breaker with two Ks, and Tommaso Ciampa beat Legado del Fantasma in 11 minutes and 28 seconds. Yeah, I really like the finish of this. Uh, Joaquin Wild goes to the top rope. Tommaso Ciampa meets him and shoves him off the top rope. Wild goes flying through the announce table, which I was not expecting. Although, if you kind of, because when I was watching it in real time, I didn't see it coming. But then you see the replay and you see how Wild was lined up on the top rope, and it was like, oh, this man was clearly diving through this table, yeah. like he wasn't. He wasn't setting up to do a cartwheel dive onto Braun Breaker. You know what I mean? Like from a from a weird half angle. But anyway. So, yeah, I, I really did enjoy this match. Match of the show, possibly the best thing on the entire program. We're going to go as high as three and a half cold showers out of five for this one, Boris. It's a it's a 70%. It's a B in Canada. Yep. This is where the show should have ended, but no. Kaylee Ray continues to chase Mandy Rose to the ring. Ray said she doesn't want to wait until Vengeance Day. She wants a title match next week. Rose asked Ray to put down the bat. Ray put the bat down. Ray gave Rose a super kick and a gory bomb, and uh, apparently that's how you sign contracts in WWE. Yeah, so there it goes. The match is probably official for Vengeance Day. So upcoming shows, Boris, we have next week, February 8th on Sci-Fi in the United States, two men's Dusty Cup semifinals. We have Edris Anofe and Malik Blade, the Boner Boys versus MSK, and we have... <laughs> And we have Diamond Mind, Brutus and Julius Creed versus the grizzled young veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson. We also have L.A. Knight versus Sanga, and it seemed like they set up Dakota Kai versus Saray. So that's next week's show. In two weeks, NXT 2.0 Vengeance Day. We have Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes for the North American title. We have Toxic Attraction versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota for the women's tag titles. Also, we probably have Braun Breaker versus Santos, and we probably have the Dusty Cup Finals. Yep, that's uh, where we're at. So, that was NXT. That was a show. Yeah, a very skippable show. Pretty terrible. I like the Pete Dunne promo. I like the opening match in the main event, but nothing, nothing you need to go out of your way to see. Exactly. Anyways, let's go across the pond, my friend. Because... All right. <laughs> oh, you're killing me today. <laughs> I'm killing you. I was going to say because there was something that was worth seeking out. There was something that was worth talking about. There was something fabulous and amazing and classic on this NXT UK show. What a main event we got, buddy. Dragunov versus Devlin Empty Arena. By yeah. God, Boris. By God. <laughs> Having said that, can you imagine what paying good money to watch a show and then being told, get the fuck out, we have the main event now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have to leave. We're about to have a classic wrestling match. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Please drive safe. <laughs> oh, only, like, 
<laughs> like, I, I get it. I loved it. But, man, that made me laugh so hard. That actually is hilarious. I hadn't even considered that in that way. I kind of actually popped when they... Because they did a full show, and then they shoot they shoot the fans away. Everyone had to leave, and then they did the main event. So I didn't even consider the actual implications of being in that crowd. I just kind of liked the visual, you know. But that's a, that's an excellent point. Very unorthodox. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. We have one more match. Get the fuck out. Can't, can't, you we have know. one more match. It's the one we. It's the one we've been building to for weeks. The one you've all been waiting for. Now, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Paul York drunk in the back somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> stumbling around. I'm fucking shattered, mate. But uh, that was a terrible accident. Sorry, sorry, Paul. You're better than that. <laughs> also, Is you know what? The funniest thing. The funniest part of all of it, Boris, is this is by far the best hour that WWE does. This is the one that makes the most sense. Oh, my God. How is this show still in existence? That's what I want to know. Like, I swear to God, like, in the budget, do they consider NXT UK? Like, (laughs) I think I think it's solely and strictly because of the TV deal they have in Europe. Like, that's it. 100%. 100%. That's exactly what it is. And I'm afraid to see what's going to happen to NXT UK when that TV deal is up. So let's keep that TV globe going because we're going to get classics like D Familia versus Gallus because that's what kicked off the show. So it was Tioman, Rohan Raja, and Charlie Dempsey versus Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Awesome six-man tag with a really good story, kind of trying to divide and conquer the heels. Defemi trying to trying to you know out muscle the uh, the Gallus boys. I really thought this was a very good match. It was better than anything on NXT 2.0 uh, this week, and it wasn't even the best thing on this show. But yeah, go out of your way to see some Charlie Dempsey if you haven't yet. He's the son of William Regal. He is WWE's answer to Zack Saber Jr. and he's a fantastic pro wrestler already. Very very good. Oh, so good. This match went about 11 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, D. Famille ends up winning. Uh, they Dempsey locked a STF on Wolfgang, made him quit. So that was that match. Dude, like you said, this is a match you should go out and watch. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And if not this match, find some Charlie Dempsey on the YouTubes or find him on the WWE Network. Watch a couple of his matches. He's a treat. So, yeah, we're going to go as high as three and a half Supernovas for this one, a 70% crumpet percentage, a 70% no-am percentage on this one, buddy. Yep. All right, then we see a hype video for the NXT UK Tag Team Championship number one contenders match between Jack Stars uh, and Dave Mastiff versus Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith. And that match is actually next week. So tomorrow, two days, two days, tomorrow, tomorrow, sorry, stay. Man, I'm lost. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> yes, sir. It is February 3rd, 2022, Thursday. Yes. Yeah. Ginny versus Amal. This match has kind of been building up over the past few weeks. And I have to say, this match was fun. 
But I was surprised with the ending just because they've been trying to build a mall as like this happy-go-lucky, fun, like, you know, uh, this is my world and you're all living in it type of character, you know, coming from nothing into this. I'm here to inspire. And she gets the loss. Yeah, she's the French hope. Right. And they're starting her off with the loss here. Not that this is her first match as the French Hope, but this is her first big match as the babyface French Hope. And she's lost. But she needs she's got to have some adversity to uh, to come over, you know, to uh, uh, to overcome, not come over. But, yeah, uh, she's had adversity come over and she needs to overcome it now, Boris. That's how that works. But, yeah, I thought this was an average professional wrestling match at best. You know, it was it wasn't the strongest match that I've seen in my life, but uh, they worked hard. Six and a half minutes. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing particularly right with it. It's the start of the uh, journey. It's not the uh, destination. Man, how how, <laughs> how many? Uh, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, what I wrote in my <laughs> we're killing it this week. Oh, we are just it. fantastic. Adversity came over, you see, and then <laughs> Amal must overcome said adversity. But she did not overcome the adversity that came over. Please continue. <laughs> my notes said you need more than hope. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she could use a manager, maybe a wrench or a steel chair of some kind. <laughs> yep. Did you read this match? Yeah, yeah. We're going to go average two and a half supernovas out of five. It was uh, right on that Madcap Moss line. The Madcap Loss line. <laughs> like, like this show. <laughs> yes, right on that line. Perhaps it's far below, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Miko Satamora will defend her title against Blair Davenport next week in a Japanese street fight. Man, I am so glad this is happening on NXT UK and on NXT, not NXT 2.0. Big time agree. God only knows what would happen in a, in a Japanese street fight on 2.0. But yeah, I, I feel like this will just be a straight up weapons-based wrestling match. Yep. <laughs> and then my favorite moment in all of professional wrestling happened when they literally tell the fans to go the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, the start of the empty arena match, the crowd files out before this classic wrestling match begins. Actually, there was a quick promo that you may have missed. Uh, Deep Familia uh, was celebrating their win. Nate, oh, okay, you, please go on. No, no, keep going. Yeah, so Deep Familia, Familia celebrating their win in their locker room but it's not really their locker room they're just dicks nathan fraser was there too and they asked him to leave in a not polite manner i think boris this is setting up fraser versus dempsey it's ben carter versus the son of william regal hook it to my veins that match is gonna be awesome yep that's uh gonna be great so jordan devlin comes out into this mtbt sports studios Ilya dragonov comes out to this mtbt sports studio and we get a fucking classic match and your main event, Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin in an empty arena match for the NXT UK Championship. You know what this match was, Boris? This was a love letter to the Rock versus Mankind feud. Yes. This was the child. This was the child of halftime heat and the Royal Rumble I quit match. It was the violence, not as violent, obviously, but it was the violence of the Royal Rumble I quit match in the halftime heat package. It was if those two matches have a kid. That was this match, and this match was fabulous. 
This was the WWE match of the year. Yet again, for the second week in a row, NXT UK cranks out the WWE match of the year. And this one was even better. I'm not lying to you when I say this was a classic. This is like some all-time shit. Really, really strong wrestling match. Yeah. Everything about this, and they they really used the empty studio wisely. Um, like you said, this was a love letter to mankind versus The Rock, 1999 uh, feuds, and uh, it was just so fucking good. Honestly, uh, the end. So Devlin is whipping Dragon off with cable ties, and then bound his wrist together behind his back. Devlin smashed a chair across the legs of of Dragonov. Devlin went for a concerto with the ring steps, but Dragonov moved and hit a torpedo Moscow for the win and is your and is still your champion after a 22 minute battle with Jordan yeah. Devlin dude wow oh classic stuff man Ilya hits his torpedo Moscow with his hands zip tied behind his back springboarding off the steel stairs it was just an awesome finish to a wild match one of the best hardcore matches you'll ever see right up there with uh, the best friends versus proud and powerful from AEW that's that's the last classic like hardcore match I can remember this gave me that same feeling you know it just was so good. The weapons, the brawling, the hatred, the fun spots they came up with. Just a, just a really, really, really good performance. Can't say enough. I was wrong about Jordan Devlin. I was wrong. I take that L. This man is great. Yeah. Look, I can do a lot of stuff with my hands behind, tied behind my back, but I can't pull off a Moscow <laughs> torpedo or torpedo Moscow. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna begin down that road, buddy. But <laughs> but yeah, an, an impressive athletic feat for our NXT UK men's champion for sure. <laughs> I do agree. Uh, next week on NXT UK, February third, two thousand twenty-two, we have the number one contender tournament finals for the NXT UK tag titles: Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. We also have the Japanese street fight for the women's title. Blair Davenport versus Miko Satamora. Miko Satamora, sorry. Good luck uh, topping this one. But that should be a really good match as well. Yep. Man, we made it. I don't know how, but we made it. <laughs> uh, I think we nailed it, buddy. I think this was one of our best ones. I got this it. is the Mad Cat Moss of fucking episodes. Uh. Oh. Maybe not going. Maybe not going in the Hall of Fame. Maybe this one's not going on the demo reel. But uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have some fun. We're back tomorrow with Bam Boris. Get some damn sleep, you crazy animal. Uh, yeah. So Bam tomorrow is gonna be fun. Have you watched Impact yet? No, I haven't actually. I was gonna watch it tonight or tomorrow morning. Yeah, watch it. It. We'll talk about it. There's a lot of fun stuff that happened there, and. Yeah, we're going to be chatting sports. We're going to be chatting the NFL. We might be chatting some NFL lawsuits because that's going to be a fun chat. Oh, man. Yeah, a little mini preview of the Super Bowl as well. We'll talk some Rams versus Bengals. Is uh, is Joe Burrow the new Dan Marino bowl in his second year, Boris? We shall see. But yeah, all the best to Brian Flores, honestly. That New York Giants thing, that's absolute bullshit if that it happened the way it seems like it did. And uh, Brian Flores was an excellent coach. We both loved him as coach of the Dolphins, and I hope his career isn't over from this. Yeah, I agree. 
but yeah, that's that. All right, so then we have BAM tomorrow. You have the old fucks. Well, actually, it's going to be a different episode because it's Dan and Mike coming to you on Friday, chatting all things AEW. Then on Saturday, we have not one but two shows as the Smack Daddies chat all things SmackDown. And then you have Dark Side of the Elite chatting all things Rampage. Then on Sunday for patrons, you are going to get Sunday night's main event a little early. Sometime in the afternoon, early evening, and uh, typically that's uh, yeah, you'll you'll get that at some point. So yeah, man, I I need I need to go. I, I'm tired. Yeah, Boris. I'm yeah, done. Done. I'm done. You need a, you need a nice warm milk and a and a, and a, a cool shower. open window. A cold, a cold shower. shower. That's what you need, buddy. But yeah, last patron standing coming. Very very excited for that, buddy. Lots of exciting things coming in 2022. We're gonna be we're gonna be doing big things here at SNME Radio. And all I want to say to you is yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs>